Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Well, hello there. It's episode three of the Driven Chat podcast. Now, if there's a slight echo going on at the moment, that's because we are bringing you the podcast from its new home. I'm very excited about this. We have, I don't know if you've seen this on social media or not, we're going to sort of be bombarding you with images and videos and bits and pieces from it. We have what we're calling the Driven Chat truck, which is quite literally a truck which transforms into a radio studio, TV studio and kind of all-round media hub. We can do, like, loads of crazy things with this truck, and it's very exciting. And it's where we're going to be bringing you... Literally, we are the the podcast that goes on the road. So we are currently in a field um, very near Silverstone Racetrack, and uh, it's a nice field. I can see some cows. (laughs) And most important of all, there is a, a, a real glow coming from inside the truck, okay? So we've got some fancy lights in this truck, but they are being overridden by the shine that is coming from what is now quite a famous thing and that is Mr John Quirk's legs (laughs) (laughs) hello Andy J pleasure as always (laughs) Quirky's got his pins out again no he hasn't unfortunately how are you doing John I'm very well mate yeah I'm very well I'm um, I'm enjoying our new setup this is a very very slick slick place to be apart from the field bit but that's because we don't actually have like the front part of the truck yet we need something to tow (laughs) to tow our massive unit everywhere around the country so that'll come it's all good it's all good that's being built um no we'll be i think next week we'll be somewhere quite nice we'll we'll find out we we don't want to give all our toys away do we miss amy shaw is sitting next to me hey amy how are you doing i'm very well thank you how are you doing well i'm um yeah i'm good 
I'm nervous about what John Markar's going to say today because, you know, he's, he puts his feet in it a lot. He can do that. He yeah. can do that. So do tell us, John Markar, how are you doing today? I am still a bit lost for words at the fact that we are actually sat in this truck that we <laughs> only what, three or four weeks ago, we were looking at CGI renders of this. And now it, I guess it's I was thinking, thing. is this going to happen? And it's, uh, we're inside it. You're it's amazing. It. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. What so I quite exciting. like about this is that when I told you guys about it, actually none of you believed that it was going to happen. Well, I, yeah. I did, but I didn't think it was going to be about two weeks later. Yeah, I thought like this is something months. that's going to come. Yeah, exactly. Six months, <laughs> maybe a year down the line. No, two weeks later, here it is. Bam, done. Yeah. Boom, and I didn't think there was going to be a mini bar and a jacuzzi in the corner. <laughs> either, either. So, like, you've really outdone yourself. Well, that, I mean, that's all basically to make sure that the legs turn up every week. John. So, you know, <laughs> if we need a jacuzzi to keep Quirky's legs happy, then so be it. You know, he actually, we, we are getting for next week, we're getting one of those fish bars for him. You know, where you put your feet in <laughs> and, and yeah. they, just, they just get eaten. Anyway, none of this is about cars. So... <laughs> So you are listening to the Driven Chat Podcast. It is the automotive companion to the show Driven that you can hear every weekend on Talk Radio. Now, the weekend just passed because obviously the pod drops on the Monday following the weekend. The weekend that just passed, uh, we had not a lot of time for us because we had three big guests that we needed to... um, including the show. Uh, the first one was Phyllis Logan, Downton Abbey star and all-round lovely lady. And the key thing I think that um, Mr. Quirk loves about her is that she was also in Bergerac, which... You know, <laughs> Favourite show. There you go. See, nailed it. Um, then, of course, I mean, uh, one of my personal favourites, one of my favourite guests to speak to so far was Ricky Wilson, Kaiser Chiefs. Legend. Super cool. Voice judge, pod detective, and all-round pop detective even with... Uh, Tony Blackburn, and just all around really legendary man. And we're going to play some of that interview um, in in this pod today because it turns out that actually he has got a real penchant for cars and is probably a a significantly better driver than than I am. Uh, And then we close that with someone that I think genuinely could be in the running to be the next James Bond. Okay, so Ben Aldridge, he was in Fleabag. Uh, He had the character of arsehole guy, which I promised myself I wouldn't say, but (laughs) now I have. Can somebody beep it? Should we, should we put a time marker in? <laughs> I, I, I doubt they will, John. Uh, I, do you know, I, I told Mark on not to say it, and I've just gone and said it myself. <laughs> but he's also, he also plays Batman's dad, okay? The young, in Pennyworth, this new DC yes. series. Uh-huh. In Pennyworth, he plays, um, it's not Bruce Wayne, because that is Batman. It's Bruce Wayne's dad, and of course, I now have a mind blank. But there we go. Point is, you know, he's, he's a leading character in a major DC series. Do you see what I mean? So that's why when I quantify, I think this guy could be the new Bond because look at his career trajectory, right? You know, he's been doing he's been doing something that's been really successful. I think it's called Our Girl. Um, that's a Sky show with uh, Michelle Keegan, and he's he's a big big part in that. Gets picked up, gets this massive role in in Fleabag. This kind of very kind of important role in season one which was the one that won all the awards and now he's you know one of the title characters in in a massive dc series do you see what i mean plus he's got the he's got the looks and he's got the physique and all that yeah. kind of irritating stuff and just having <laughs> kind of charming man so How dare he be so handsome wouldn't surprise me if he gets the bond gig at some point we got there first we got to speak to him first yeah and maybe we're the first people to suggest or oh, say we look at me trying to steal the credit you <laughs> maybe maybe you saying that is planting the seed into the universe that will make him james bond one day mm-hmm. He owes you a drink. Do you know, if that's the case, I want to have a go in the car. Hell yeah. You know, if he becomes Bond and it's because we planted the seed. I, <laughs> that, you know, that's just a no-brainer. Although I still... Right, quick question for the group. Go right? I'm going to answer it now. Of modern Bonds, of recent Bonds, bonds I would suggest my favourite car of modern Bonds is the Jaguar CX-75. 
Oh, oh, the villain car. Yeah. The villain car. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Because, I mean, I've, I've been lucky enough to have, have sat in a couple of them. I've obviously spoken to Ian Callum, good friend of mine, former Jaguar design director who designed the car. Yep. And he was telling me about the brains behind it and actually how it should have been a production car. But it was just so expensive. Mm. And, and therefore, because of all the kind of crazy kind of engineering madness that went into that... I just think it's super, super cool. And I know you're supposed to say an Aston Martin, but that's my, that's my bid. How about you three? Well, the thing is, that, that car you've just talked about, I thought it was really cool, and then I had to go and shoot it, and as it's being dragged to your shoot location by a, I don't know, an 80-year-old tractor, it kind of <laughs> loses its cool <laughs> because it doesn't start, and it's got bits of paint like flicking off, and uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, for me that kind of like lost its appeal a little bit for yeah. me. So, yeah. um I don't know, I think when Sean Connery's that, you know, that iconic photograph of him standing on the side of some Swiss mountain road and he's with the, the DB5, I just think for me that was... You not, know, a, not a modern Bond though, Amy. Although you could argue it is because it did come back to spe- uh, to Skyfall. Yes, okay, with Dave, uh, Danny Craig. Mm. So That's I me. Think That's me snookered. Okay, <laughs> fair enough, Amy. Um, in that case, I'm leaving Marco out of this question. <laughs> Quirky, you know your bonds. Well, a, a close second after the BMW Z3, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it was famous in Goldeneye. <laughs> no, uh, you've got to go Aston Martin Vanquish. I mean, Pierce Brosnan yeah. isn't, isn't my favourite Bond no. by quite some margin, but I think he had the best Bond car. Definitely. That's fair enough. No, that's a good shout. And also, of course, the, the, the kind of the defenders charging across the ice planes. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty there was the defender well. in the opening of, I can't think which one, where, where Money Penny takes a shot and shoots him on the train. can't remember which one it is, but the opening shot with the defender yeah. with a rope on, they made a, a, a James Bond version of it. I thought that was really cool. Really, really cool. But again, not really a Bond car. Well, do Mini Mokes count as Bond cars? Yeah. Because that might be my choice, actually. You know, the early ones. Love a Moke. Love a (laughs) Moke. I think they're brilliant. Okay, Mr. Markar, what are we doing today? Today, we are running through a lovely list of topics. And uh, the first one is, uh, it was a suggestion from Amy, which I really liked. uh, Which I then played the title slightly. Which is, are concept cars just cruel lies? Exactly. Well, I mean, which brings us back to the CX-75. (laughs) Yeah. In a slightly interesting way. Yeah. And interestingly, so again, Amy, like you saying, with the Bond car that turned out to just be like a weird shell with paint falling off and being dragged across a field. Yep. I saw one of the Spectre cars. You remember where they they filmed the Aston Martin, what do they call it, the DB10? And you could then buy them. And I know one of the guys that bought one, which is really, really cool. Of and I, course. I was so excited <laughs> to see it because I was like, what, you've actually bought one of the cars on the film? Yeah, bought the car, paid this ludicrous amount of money for it. And then I went to see it and it is essentially a load of scaffolding, bolted, welded, cable tied together around this shell inside, I think it was a seat from a Ford Mondeo that had been like bolted it. I was like, oh, it's not that exciting but that's just what film cars are I mean I, I have noticed that every episode I do get the <laughs> tiny violins out for John Mark <laughs> have you noticed this so far it is a uh, yeah, running, running thing I like to think on this side of the room we've got John Quirk grounded Amy Shaw grounded me I hope reasonably grounded and then we've got on his own planet in outer space I money bags mark. Well, <laughs> I, I did notice when we came into the studio. I wondered why John's chair had like Bentley style quilting. Whereas, whereas ours are just like little plastic resin molds. The gold stitching in that as well. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, quirky. It's lucky that you were in late because actually John's chair is a sedan chair, and he was he was carried in. <laughs> yeah. 
Look, I, I, I can't help having quite wealthy friends. I myself. I myself. You can, John. You I, could just refuse to be friends with them. No. How much are you worth? No. No. That's, you're too rich. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next week, I'm going to talk about Mark 1 golfs or something rusty. I mean, a Mark One Golf these days is fairly fairly pricey, isn't it? Quirky. John going on social media oh. in the next week, just looking for an ordinary friend. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a Vauxhall Mocha. Look how little do you money have I have. A normal care job and maybe gosh. have a Fiesta on PCP. <laughs> then let me be your friend. <laughs> Let right, <laughs> so, um, Mr. Quirk, the, the concept car question yes. before this goes uh, into into the depths of madness. What are your What are your thoughts? Is Mark R making a point, or is he? Uh, no, the, I think there's, there's there's a really interesting take with um, with this. In that, in this, sometimes concept cars are actually built after production ready cars. Okay, because they're kind of a way to sort of you know. Excite! Oh my gosh! Whatever that car is outside, it sounds amazing. Yeah, we should just make a side note. If you can hear the sound of something quite exciting firing up, we won't tell you exactly what it is. Just, just listen to this. I'm just really hungry. That's all it is. <laughs> but there is a video that's probably maybe already available. What do we think? No, not yet. Not so yet. we won't even give a clue as to what it is. But you will hear more of that car in a video form soon. I mean, just so you know, John. Just, just like so you know. <clears throat> Editing this podcast doesn't take that long. Cutting together the videos takes quite a while. Mm. So this is almost definitely going to be out well in advance of what you're hearing in the background, which is not a tractor. It is <laughs> something really fun. And, uh, yeah, you'll be able to see it on the drivenchat.com, Driven Chat website. In actual fact, just, just an aside on that while we're talking about it, everything we're producing, the podcast, the radio shows, and the videos, the, the ones you see with me in the supercar that turns into a, a, a transforming studio, which I love with the celebrities this week, obviously being Ricky Wilson. Uh, they are all available on drivenchat.com, as will all of our driving features. Um, we, are, we are proposing to do a special Quirky's Legs driving feature that we might make the homepage, but that's only if enough people request it. I mean, Quirky, is that fair enough? If we get enough requests on social media by the end of July... Yes, Quirky's legs, please. We'll do a feature on your legs. It'll it'll just be an, an edit compilation of gear changes, basically, <laughs> o- almost Good. like a Fast and the Furious video. Still, it still has to have an automotive. Well, you lead. could do a piece to camera, like we're talking about the car as you usually would, but we only film the legs. <laughs> no, no face, hands, nothing. Just the, all we see is your legs walking around. Legs and if we look the at the front of the car, all I can see is your legs, mate. Oh. <laughs> so we have had some car-based chats so far, but let's so let's we just bring it. Did we answer the question? Not really. No. Concept cars, yeah. So there's 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 two trains of thought really. Some some concept cars are sent as a sort of a, a, like a taster tape to the to the general public to, to to get the feels out as to whether people like them or not. So a really good example of it not doing particularly well was Bentley when they released the EXP9, mm. which was soon later to be called Bentayga. So when that car was first. Um, announced, oh, yes. it was presented as the EXP9 concept. So right. that was built pre-actual production car. And then it was probably one of the most negatively received new cars of the modern era. Like people slammed it. It was, yeah. Um, And it was what happened after the result of that is that they had a new designer that was drafted in who came from um, Lamborghini, a guy called Luke Donkervolker. Uh, also did what a surname! I know, Donkavolka. Donkavolka, yeah. Wow. So he he had designed like Lamborghini Murcielago. He's designed like the the previous generation Seat Ibiza, 
he's done a lot of stuff and he was brought in to basically smooth out those slightly rougher edges on EXP9 which began became the Bentayga. Now, whether you like this Bentley's first SUV is, is still up for debate. But I think th- I think the facelift Bentayga, the one that was released a couple, couple recently, of weeks ago, yeah. you know, I think that's definitely an improvement on, on the original mm-hmm. Bentayga. Yeah. Yes. Um, having, I must quantify that, though. I have driven the original Bentayga, and I'm, it, it's a hell of a drive. It is, isn't it? It's, it's a yeah. hell of a... I mean, you know, they've smashed the drive of it, haven't yeah. they? It's... I, I took one on quite a long shoot with a good friend of mine, Tim, and I wanted to hate it so much because <laughs> I was like, oh, God, it's the most vulgar thing in the world. And if I'm saying that, then it's, it must be bad. But yeah, because yeah, you know it's worth a lot of money. So, you know, <laughs> you're already clouded by the expense. But driving the thing, and it was, oh, we had the big one, we had the W12, the massive engine, and it was hilariously fast and so much fun to drive it's, and it, it, I, I kind of hated myself a little bit for loving it as much yeah, as I did get, you get into it and you think to yourself nah, mm, nah I'm not that interested then by the time you give it back you're like oh but but please because yeah. you, as I said you, it's just, you, you still get that feeling of thrill but it's just uh, you get something you don't really expect it's a real benchmark yeah, yeah. Totally. for a drive I've got to say it genuinely blew me away and, yeah. and, and you know like John I was expecting to be you know just kind of like Meh. but yeah I mean it was within five miles I was like Huh? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. And all and all the, the sort of car journalist types will bemoan Bentley for like, oh, how could they possibly build an SUV? And the same way that Porsche did with the with the Cayenne. But the reality is that everybody is buying SUVs. Yeah. yeah. And it's been validated because almost half of Bentley sales now are Bentayga. So that's, right. that's the thing that is going to basically bankroll them into creating the really cool sports well, cars I mean, that we'll see in the future. You know, Aston Martin went into to an SUV space. If there was ever a brand yeah. that you thought shouldn't um, go into SUVs, yeah. you know, and I actually I did a documentary about about the um, the DBX, and I very much took the approach of they, you know, this is the car they probably shouldn't make, but you know they're selling. Absolutely, it's and I think yeah, I, I, I so many people have said this before. I have, but if. A car manufacturer that makes really cool special cars has to knock out a few SUVs in order to keep making the really super special stuff, and so be it. Because that is the reason that they're being made. They do, it is, it is essential. Porsche, when they launched the KN, it was essential to the continuation of the cool stuff, the 911s, of the Caymans. Yeah. If you didn't have the SUVs, then they probably would have struggled. But, but, but to paraphrase that as well, though, not to paraphrase, to, to add to that, when they drive as well as the Bentayga does, as well as the Lamborghini Urus does, oh, that's yeah. another car that I was, mm. again, I was genuinely expecting to, because for some reason, I've always had a bugbear against the Huracan. I think it's because I've hosted British GT for a long time, and they often break down during the races. There's <laughs> plenty of races, they don't break down, but, you know, we, we dub them the Huracan sometimes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's done it again. So I was expecting the Urus to be like, well, this is just a bit gauche. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And oh, that had the, it was the exact same effect that the, the Bentayga had, which is like, yeah. This if you is. had the money, though, would you buy one? If you had the means. The Bentley or the Lamborghini? Either. I mean, it would guarantee friendship with you, wouldn't it, John? So <laughs> Well, here's, here's the thing, because I wouldn't. I, would, I wouldn't ever buy a Bentayga or a Urus or a, the Cullinan, the Rolls-Royce Rolls one. Because I, I, I'd rather buy an old, older Land Rover or Range Rover. Well, you didn't say that, though. You didn't say, would you spend your money on something else? You were just like, if you had the money, no, would no, you no, buy but, it? Yeah. But I think it's a, you know, if, you're, if you are a Lamborghini fan, for example, if you've gone out and bought the Aventador and the Huracan and now you want an SUV, I guess maybe you would. Yeah, no, I might. Yeah, if I was a, if I was a, a Lamborghini fan with a bottomless supply of funds mm. and in my situation, namely father to children, yes, yes I would. 
Okay. Yeah, because it also, yeah, in, in actual fact, yes, just to, just to kind of make that point without kind of over-laboring it, there are plenty of people out there who love their supercars or love their two-seater sports cars and, you know, we've had fun in them when we were allowed to. Mm-hmm. And then we've, you know, our families have got bigger. Yeah, yeah. And we need to have ISO fixes and we need to have all sorts of crash safety test tick boxes and we need to have better fuel economy, etc. And so when these supercar brands or cool car brands are able to produce cars that can fit the whole family, you still feel like you're driving, like in the case of the Urus, you do, and, and the Benteke, you feel like you're driving a Bentley or a Lamborghini. Mm. You do still feel like, just not just visually, but it, it, they've somehow managed to, the best brands that do this, have managed to replicate the drive, albeit higher up on the road. And you've got your family. Win-win. Yeah. Mm. Big, big box ticket. I know that you guys aren't in this place yet, but, let, you know, let's talk again in 30 yeah. years' time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but that's the, that's the concept, how the concept car then informs production car. But there are other, other instances where the concept car actually comes after the production car, and it's a way of just generating excitement. So the, the new Honda E that's just being released this yeah. summer. So that was, that was presented first as a concept car when the reality was yes, the production this. car was already built. Now, now, admittedly, I you didn't know that. Yeah, you, that's clever marketing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the, we think you'll like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so that was the sort of the the taster, and it's the same with like you know the Jaguar XK, like the first one that Ian Callum designed. Yeah. He he they they'd already designed it, and then they created this XK concept project that pre- was presented in New York, and it generates a massive fanfare, and and then they're they're already behind the scenes working on the production reality anyway nice. and it's just to sort of start getting those order books rolling in really so is that i mean is that the same with the the vw id buzz oh i don't know i think the id buzz is a way away i mean that is the one that i would put my money down for tomorrow was, yeah that ditto. is the coolest this is thing. the rebirth of the camper type yes thing, but, but all electric all electric Amazing. yeah and yeah. it looks sensational because i remember the first because I, I i was because when that came out i was immediately like Oh, that's amazing. And, and the motor show was still on then. So, you know, back in those days, lots and lots of manufacturers were very generously letting us drive their cars and so on and so forth. And I was basically given the opportunity to, um, to fly out to Florida to get, some, to get some seat time in it. But I was told, you know, it's not going to be able to go more than 15 miles an hour and la-di-da-di-da. And we couldn't make it work in the end because we, um, we had to also kind of promise a camera crew and a whole load of things mm. that would have cost the network, you know, more money than we could have. You know, justified. But it was all right because John had a friend in Florida. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, madly, I had a friend in Florida, Magnus Walker. Uh, it was, it was, was it Florida or California? Place Cali sunny, sunny in America. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, Magnus drove it. He didn't take my drive. He would have got a drive anyway. But I did speak to him afterwards, and he was like, <laughs> and he he was actually in in the kind of Magnus way. He was kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there was a lot of a lot of restrictions, so he didn't get any feel for the drive. Yeah. You know, no, when you when you drive those sort of one-off concept cars, it's really weird because it's worth millions of pounds or euros or dollars yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's almost like the, the the driven studio. You know, it's like a one-off, <laughs> you know, production prototype, but it still works. Yeah. But you've got to be incredibly careful because there is only one, and they and they literally fly this thing all over the world so that different journalists in different territories can drive it. So that's why you would have had the 15 mile an hour limited top speed and yeah. all this sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but they're super Imagine fragile. Imagine was being the one that crashes the concept car. <laughs> yeah. oh, Great story. Must, there must be some stories out there. Oh, there there must are. be some people that have done it. Um, now, look, guys, I need you to help me with a... I, I want to go full on cheese Ooh. because we're about to hear from 
what I call the headline guest from the radio show the weekend. And so I just wanted to say I predict a riot, but I want you guys <laughs> to come up with a better way to link into our, our celebrity guest, who, who's, of course, Kaiser Chiefs frontman Ricky Wilson. He was judge voice, voice of the judge, rather. Um, and he's done many and various other things, including hosting a, a really cool show with um, Nicole Scherzinger and Tiny Temper on Sky One for a while that I really enjoyed called Bring the Noise. Anyway, um, more on that with Ricky himself. So I'm going to literally throw it to the three of you to come up with a cheesy... This is a cheesy <laughs> challenge, okay? So, and I think Marco's going to be the best at it for some oh reason. Oh, God, can I go last then? This is, yes, this is a, a Ricky Wilson special guest cheesy challenge intro, starting with John Quirk. That was great. Thank you, John. <laughs> Amy? Kaiser Cheese. Kaiser Cheese is good. What have I missed the cheese front? She's just, she's just because on it's cheesy. cheesy. Yeah. yeah, she's just been smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> risky Wilson, because maybe he's going to talk about some risky driving. Really awful. I know. Yeah, that's pretty. You know, there's cheese the it's just terrible. It's very apparent there's only one professional radio presenter <laughs> around this table, isn't there? <laughs> and she's just landed it. So thank, <laughs> thank you, Amy. Uh, go on, Quirky. You've had a little bit of thinking time. Oh, I've got, I've got no idea. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't even listen to. I don't even listen Wait, to. Wait, was it was it Castro that did Ruby Ruby Ruby? Yes, Ruby Ruby Ruby. Ruby Ruby Ruby. Okay, yeah, you've re you're really no. playing on the cheese thing. I like <laughs> it. Um, Quirky's never heard of Kaiser Chiefs, so he's completely lost. Quirky has just admitted to never listening to music. So <laughs> I like to imagine him now sitting at home, Neil Diamond. rubbing his legs, smoking a pipe, <laughs> listening to a soundtrack of tractor vehicles. Anyway, here's Ricky Wilson. Now I am so excited to be talking to my next guest, a man who I told off air that he hopefully doesn't remember me, but we had one wild night together. Uh, although not, that sounds a bit seedy. It wasn't seedy, it just involved having a few drinks. It's Kaiser Chiefs front man, TV presenter, radio presenter, and all round legend, the one and only Ricky Wilson. How are you doing, Ricky? Hi, thanks for bigging me up. It's been a long time since I've seen you. Uh, I believe it was the Gore Hotel in about 2005, six. You were drinking old fashions and I, and I was having lager. There we go. I mean, listen, I love that you made that up, but it's pretty, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty accurate. In the old days, Ricky, that I like to refer to as back when we were happy. Happy is one thing. We were staying in nice hotels back then. We didn't know it was costing us money. We just wanted to stay in the best and then, then you get the bill at the end of the year. And now we stay in, uh, well, no, I'm, I'm not going to diss any smaller chains, but you know, like we stay in cheaper hotels, but, uh, the services is just as good. That's something that I didn't think we'd be talking about this right now, but that's something that certainly bands starting out that get their record deals. I mean, obviously, well, let's let's take you back to the start of Kaiser Chiefs. I realise you'd had a couple of record deals previously, but in your sort of full incantation of Kaiser Chiefs, you had this great big record deal straight out the blocks, big hits immediately, lots of tours. People don't realise that actually, like you say, those hotels, the expenses, the 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 fancy drinks you get backstage, etc. That effectively does come out of your pocket doesn't it hey, it sounds very boring but we heard horror stories about some bands there's a girl band in particular that blew their entire advance on addison lee's because they didn't think they were paying for them but they were just had them waiting all day outside the studios and used them as like a chauffeur and uh, i think it cost them about seventy-five thousand pounds at the end of the year oh man the myth is you think that you know you get a rider when you do a show the myth is that you know that's just free booze whatever but you pay for it so whether you ask it on your ride it comes out of your feet at the end of the night so now we just have tap water <laughs> yeah tap water and a cushion that yeah. you can that yeah. you can have back whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. slow down on the cushion now. <laughs> so you, but you must have had you must have had some lavish requests like at some point in time there must have been a moment because 
we were all young and foolish once. There must have been a moment where you're like, I'm front man for a massive rock band. I've got loads of fans. I want this, please. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You'd think that, but we kept each other pretty much in check because we're still with the same mates, you know, we've had for most of our lives. So we take the mickey out of each other if we did, like, start acting up a bit. I can remember one time, though, where we just wanted to go home and we just supported U2 in Amsterdam. And then we got off stage quite early because, you know, the stadium gig quite early, straight to the airport. And we were in our local pub by about 10. So uh, in Headingley in Leeds, when I lived there, it was actually quite weird because we didn't think it was that weird until someone said, uh, oh, what have you guys been doing? We were supporting you too tonight in Amsterdam. And then that felt quite rock and roll. I mean, that, that is really rock and roll. And the mad thing is that you have like a raft of sentences that you can just throw like that, that sound like, oh, yeah, well. But that, I mean, it's phenomenal. You've lived a, an incredible life so far, haven't you? It's nice of you to say so, but I do save them all for when I go on the radio. I don't, you know, walk around because it would really annoy Grace if I was just telling her stories all the time. I find it quite amusing because she doesn't know half of what I've got up to because we've only been going out for like six years. So I've calmed down a lot since then. So I've got a lot of stories that I'll tell the grandkids that Grace doesn't know about. Does she know? And I'm going out on a limb here, Ricky. So I, I ask this cautiously. Please don't hang up if you don't like the question. Does she know that in 2006 you were voted Best Dressed Man? I was voted Best Dressed Man for an NME award. You never actually get the award. You don't get a statue. And I get the feeling it was just a way of top man to sell more waistcoats. It's not something that I'll take with me as a crowning achievement. Because I've seen pictures of me back then and I wasn't well dressed. It wasn't a good look. It's dated badly. What was Little Ricky when you were growing up? What was it you wanted to do? Because you've basically done a lot, haven't you? I actually really wanted to be a cell animator, doing like thousands of pictures like that to make cell animation. That's what I really wanted to do. I didn't really start singing until um, Girls came along. <laughs> uh, it became very clear in the early 90s that suddenly uh, you could be like skinny and not that attractive, but be very attractive if you're in the music industry. And that, that set a light bulb off my head. And I thought, right, I want to be in a band. I've got to get in a band. What can I do? Uh, well, I can't play guitar, but I can't play drums, can't play bass, can't sing, but that seems like the easiest option. So yeah, I got into the music because it was, just, it was a really good way of being someone that you weren't as well. Do you know at school, you're the kid you are at school, and then as soon as you leave, you can be whoever you want to be. Yeah. And literally you go to university and just make it up and you <laughs> just become something, you know, become another character. And uh, that was that was brilliant for me. And I hate it when celebrities go, I was a very shy child, you know. Oh, yeah. But uh, I just wasn't that loud. And then I decided at university I was going to be uh, a little bit more outgoing. And it's, it's, it was hard work. 
because it doesn't come naturally. But uh, I've settled into it now. It's taken about 25 years. Do you know, that's, I mean, that's so interesting to hear you say that because you're right. I mean, whether it's university or whether it's first job or whether it's just the process of leaving school, there's a lot of young people, I'm, I'm, I was like you, don't have, a, don't have a clue what they want to do. You know, they, how on earth can you figure out what you're going to do in life until, until actually you're in life, until you step into it and go, OK, this feels cool. And I suppose for you, when you got to uni, you just kind of thought, it's a chance to start again. Let's hit refresh. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, it wasn't that I was, you know, doing nothing before university. I was... I think I was watching a lot, learning, but quietly. That's good to do that because you become, uh, you know, you're not just being loud and, and annoying. That comes later. But uh, <laughs> you can, like, learn. So I think I was just kept my head down. And so uh, better, it's, it's like with everything, I'd learn more from people I don't like than people I like. Because if you just wanted to be something, you'd be a, an imitation of them. But if you just avoid being all things you don't like, you end up being true to yourself. It's a good one, that, isn't it? I like that. I like yeah. that. Do you know what that made me think of while you were talking about that, Ricky? It made me think yeah. of that scene in The Matrix where they're tooling up. Like, I just learned kung fu and, and give me these guns and whatever else it might be. And it's almost like you've gone, don't give me those. I'll take that instead. I used to go and see lots of bands. There's no point in saying, let's do that, let's do that, let's do that. It was basically a long list of what not to do. And then we messed it up when we came out by... Uh, being uh, so excited to be there that it finally happened it was just we were bouncing into festivals like wow this is amazing a door <laughs> wow a chair you know we were just so excited to be there it, it, it kind of like I suppose that might have been quite endearing but it must have been really annoying to the other bands that we actually were breaking the fourth wall and we're <laughs> We're actually showing that we were appreciating being, you know, where we were. Well, you do literally break the fourth wall, Ricky. I mean, I've seen you many, many times. I think you're phenomenal live. You're no stranger to hurling yourself into the masses and just getting a sniff of them, are you? Yeah, that's uh, that's something I've calmed down a lot on now. Uh, nothing like that has ever planned. It just it just started to happen, and then when as soon as people start noticing, that's what you do. That's when you stop, and that's the annoying human trait that I've got. We did it on the second album as well when everyone was going on about our striky blazers and our like, you know, colourful clothes and stuff. So the second album comes out, we're all wearing black on the front and browning. <laughs> it's so weird. Fans have that weird habit of kicking themselves in the foot when someone says, you're good at that. I don't want to do it then. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, then you need to reverse psychology yourself, don't you? It's like, it's like if yeah. someone's... T like when we've been told not to touch our face loads. Mm. It's as soon oh, as you're no. told not to do something, you're doing it all the time. You, it sounds like you can flip it, flip it around the other way. Yeah, I think now we've become a lot more comfortable with who we are, so we, we actually quite like the little burrow we've ploughed in the industry, and we, we're good at it, and it's, it's a laugh. And recently, this is a good thing about being driven, because we were quite driven for a long time, and it's, it, it's a good thing, but we have, we've had an enforced break, right. which uh, I've really enjoyed. It's been like 15 years since we've had this much time off, because I was becoming a bit... Not complacent, the opposite actually. It was the band became the be all and end all, and I was worrying about it all the time. And now I don't really, it's, it's just a band like it was at the beginning. It's, it's, it's a laugh and it's enjoyable, and don't take it too seriously. But you say that, and, and it's easy to say that when you're the person in ownership of it. You know, when we're looking in, it's kind of like, well, hang on, you know. Duck came out last year, there's another tour planned, Kaiser Chiefs are still going in a big way. Let's be fair. 
if you got to number three in the charts and there was a chance that you'd make number one by the weekend, you can't tell me it wouldn't mean the world. You'd be on the edge of your seat, wouldn't you? Oh, of course. I'd be buying most of the records, <laughs> which I still do. It makes no difference. But when the album's like the week before it's coming out, I can't walk past a record shop without buying one. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's illegal, but uh, I don't. it doesn't make much difference anymore with streams and stuff like that. The hard thing about being in a band, right, and I know no one wants to hear that sentence about like that. It's like the actually hardest thing about being a celebrity is not being able to say how hard it is. It's just you just sound like a moron, right? So the hard thing about being in a band is it's all about when you're making a record, you have to build your hope so much, right? There's no point doing it when you're kind of like going, well, I hope that it just gives, buys us another year of touring. So when you're making it, you're literally imagining walking, high-fiving Kanye West on the way to the stage with the Brits, oh. picking up all the awards, right? But then in your heart, you know that's not going to happen. You think, oh, this album's going to be number one for 15 weeks but you're still pushing for it. And it's a kind of madness that I'm sure all people in the music industry have, but if you didn't have that, then you wouldn't do it. But, you know, there's a lot of dashing of hope, but I've kind of got used to that. You've got to wait in mind. When you've got the audience there and you know that it's one of the hits, you know, Raya or Ruby or, you know, so many we could choose from, but it's one of the ones that you've played literally thousands of times. Do you still go, brilliant, we're playing this next? Or is it a bit like, Okay, let's get through this. We know that the audience loves this moment, so let's just get to that. Oh, no, of course, I love it. Because essentially, it's not really for us. That'd be weird if we only went playing because we absolutely loved it. <laughs> that we do love it, but it's more for the audience than it is for us. And we, we're very lucky that we've got lots of big guns yeah. to scatter around our set. So it's amazing because it's, like it's like having a trick up your sleeve, you know, and you can pull it out. And you know, and you, I love that. It's not like stand-up comedians have it really hard because they can't. I think Peter Case said it. It's not like they can go on stage and go, "Is that joke you all know?" Yeah. And everyone's like, "Yeah, I love this joke." You know, it's not like that. And you can't do it with films going, "Oh, you know that scene? Yeah. Here it is again." Yes. I mean, listen. During lockdown, obviously the band can't tour, but you are yeah. pop detecting. Uh, I am with, pop detecting with Tony, yeah. and that's mm. is that keeping you going during lockdown? Is it is it sort of scratching the itch, as it were? Uh, not really. It's literally once a week for about three hours. Me and Tony have a Zoom conversation about uh, a subject like a pop myth that we find out. Like you know, does Cher have a special room for her wigs? Or that's it, really. But it's just a little bit of it's like a long phone conversation with a funny friend, and he is funny. I mean, and also, when you're making a podcast, you can say anything you want, and then it gets edited down to 40 minutes, and it's just hilarious. And some of the stories I wish I wish we could put out there that Tony's told me, because he, he's met everyone, and he's got some good stories, but it's uh, too salacious for the public. So how did your yeah. relationship with, with Tony come about? Because I didn't really believe it when I first read it. I was like, what? That's an unusual pairing. It just started because I was covering for Dermot O'Leary quite a lot on Saturday mornings, and... Tony had the show for me and they'd say oh will you go into Tony's show and say what's coming up on your show and I'd say I would love that so I went on and we'd have like 10 minute chats and they were always far too nonsensical and he'd say things in the chats that I thought were not the kind of Tony Blackburn he heard, heard on the radio like we were talking about Love Island he said that he hadn't got into Love Island this year because he, he failed the STD check <laughs> and I thought, I thought that's brilliant that's a good joke Tony uh, let's, uh, let's do a podcast well, actually, I was asked to do a podcast and I didn't really want to do a podcast. So I said, I'll do it if Tony Blackburn does it with me. Brilliant. Not thinking Brilliant. it would happen. And uh, Tony said yes. And now I'm very happy with doing a podcast. 
which is great. In the Radio 2 building, I found a secret hatch, right? It was between the outer windows and the inner windows for sound insulation. It's only about a foot and a half wide. And I managed to get in there. And while he was on the show, I popped up in a window that he didn't know existed. I gave him the shock of his life. And he's an endangered species, so, you know. You be careful with the blackbird. You've got to be careful. careful. What's left to achieve? There are so many ticks in the bucket list box. If you look at your career, the life, the people you've met with, the people you've hung out with, the people you've sung with and performed with, you know, what is it that, what's the next thing on the list of, I really want to do this? I think it's just, right, I've never been the best at anything, ever. Like, even art at school, I was second best. And like the band, we've been brilliant. We've been long lived. We've been quite good at keeping going, but never, I've never felt that we're the best. And that's ambition for you. But ambition is like, it is just the same as fog. Because you always think to yourself when you're driving, oh, we'll be in fog in a minute. But it's always just out of reach. What's next? I don't know. I'd like to be the best at something, but that is basketball. But then there's Michael Jordan. I can't beat him. I've written a children's book, but I don't know if it's any good. You're not a father yourself, is that right? No, I'm not. Right. No, I wanted to write one before I became a father. I think I'm quite good at writing songs, but I can't play guitar. And I think the moment I learned to play guitar is the moment... It'd be like, you know, when Mick Jagger picks up a red strap and it's a little bit like, mm, I don't like that. Yeah, hang on. I want you to keep dancing. Not that he's not... He can, he, no, he's very good, but I just think that... Because I've always been a front man. I, I, I like the fact that I've, I've never been on... And now I'll show you what else I'm good at. <laughs> you know, I don't like that. So... Um, I'd like to be good at, yeah, the best. The children's book's all right. It's, I've sent it to some publishers, and okay. they haven't said no. They haven't said no. But it's weird. It's like, oh, get back to you in a week, in another week, another week, and I'm a bit like, oh, well. I want to be doing something about it. It's yeah, easy yeah, yeah. in the music industry because you can just keep doing something. But with this, it's literally like, well, I've done it now, and now I just have to wait, and I don't like that. I was trying to write songs, and I find it quite therapeutic when I'm writing songs to write silly ones, never to come out kaiju songs but just to kind of like play around with stuff that makes me laugh so i started doing that and then i um i got a friend of mine uh who i'll reveal when it when he wants it to reveal to write some music to those and then i changed all those songs slash poems musical things i stuck them all together in one big story where it, it kind of follows this weird adventure it just kind of happened like that and, and because of lockdown i wanted to do it for ages because of lockdown i thought right this will give me an excuse to say i'm sitting in the office which is just a spare room for three hours and uh, get away with it so uh, i quite like having a job like that it means you get to sit on your own for a bit that's not great. it's not a bad thing about grace or anything i love spending time with grace but i think that even in lockdown you need to like be on your own for a little bit. Nobody signed on for this, to be fair. You know, yeah, all yeah. relationships, all marriages, all, you know, all, all families, etc. No one is used to the amount no. of time we've been exposed to each other. And sometimes some people have, have loved it. Some people have had issues with it. Uh, I mean, is, is uh, I've mentioned the fatherhood question. Is that something that you're yeah. going to start thinking about? Is it something well, that interests we're get, you? We're getting, uh, we're getting married. Well, we're hoping to get married in late September if all things go to plan. Congratulations. The, uh, no second spike and all that. Oh, yes, of course. I'd love to have children. But, you know, it's not something that's guaranteed. It's not. Just something to keep in mind. So this is the Driven Chat podcast, episode three, part two. Episode three, part two, after Ricky Wilson. Here we go. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oof.
Here we go. Ricky Wilson. I love him. I didn't realise you were such kindred spirits. Yeah. Honda Civic, fellow Honda Civic fan. Yeah. And RAV4 fan. Yeah. Two of your two most prized possessions. <laughs> <laughs> you can see, right now, just, just, just to give you an idea of what was going on in Mr. Markar's face there, there was what I would call a, a guttural sneer. <laughs> <laughs> Nonsense. So disappointed. But yeah, no, I'm very proud of those. Yeah. Absolutely. Good, good old cars that serve me beautifully. And, uh, and yeah, I, I really like Ricky. He's a, a, he's a top guy. And I, you know, I do want to, you know, kind of see him in action around a track someday. In actual fact, I think about people that we are hoping to talk to in the, you know, in, on the show in the future. And I, I, I can see the scope for like Ricky Wilson in a car, JK in a car, you know, Gabby Logan, she's quite a good peddler in a car. And then just we can watch. That would be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? We could divide them up into their areas of expertise. Like who's the fastest pop star? Who's the fastest artist? Who's the fastest presenter? Could be good. Could have a league well, let's, table. Let's just have a little... Right, those are your three. Okay, you've got Gabby, you've got JK, you've got Ricky Wilson, all right? Who are you backing in a drag race? Let's say they're all in Ooh. the same car, okay. right? They're all in the same, exactly the same car, same specs, same everything, same piece of road, just lined up to ne- next to each other. Who is the fearless one? Who, who comes out on top? Definitely have to say JK. I, I think can he's say got JK too. A little like wonderful couple of screws slightly loose, which I think makes him this brilliant personality. But I think that'll also make him give him the edge. I, think, I bet of. he'd also sabotage the other cars <laughs> behind <laughs> the scenes. Well, do you know what we do? We do need to sort of also just quali- quantify a couple of things with Quirky. So Quirky obviously doesn't listen to music. So JK is is Jamaican, <laughs> okay, and, and Ricky Wilson is Kaiser Chiefs, and they're two they're two popular hit makers. So is JK um, like a modern day Donna Summer? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but you'll be familiar with, uh, with Gabby Logan's work. Oh, I, lo- I love her work. Yeah. So are you backing Gabby simply because you love her work and she's not a musician? I'm going to go with Gabby. Yes! yes. <laughs> I kind of forced him into the corner there. <laughs> okay. Um, it's time to talk micro road trips. Now, what? Well, yeah. So here's the thing we've been thinking about. Because uh, as we know, you know, at the time that this podcast is going out, travel restrictions in the UK are just being lifted so we're being able to think about going away on holiday again and, and exploring more of the world but it's true because the only place people have been to for a long time is that is that Dominic Cummings castle <laughs> oh gosh yeah, yeah. completely yeah. forgotten what it's called <laughs> but that, that's been a, a Look, tourist hotspot it's a place to go and check your eyesight and everything if you need you to know. check your eyesight then it's, yeah. it's a good good don't, place to go but yeah it got that. me thinking about um, just how lucky we are really in the UK which in the grand scheme of things you know, in the world it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little island but yet we are surrounded by amazing roads both in England itself but also in Wales and in Scotland two, I'm very lucky two hours from where I currently live in the West Midlands I can be in the Brecon Beacons which have got some of my favourite roads ever in the world which are incredible I know for a fact Amy you were just saying Scotland You've got some of your favourite roads in the world are in Scotland. Best roads ever. Like, I've I've driven a hell of... I'm sure the rest of you have as well, but, like, we've driven a lot of roads around the world, even. The ones that I still go to bed dreaming about are probably, like, some of the Scottish Highlands, the Gaffercross Pass. Uh, Yeah, just for me, they are the the roads of... Yeah, of road trips. So I discovered Scotland... Not as in, you know, you always I don't think it was there. you, John, to be <laughs> honest. I think, I think a few <laughs> people got there before you. I, I drove Scotland for the first time properly only in October last year. What? And I, it absolutely blew my mind as to how beautiful it was. The west coast, the west coast of Scotland going up to the Highlands, and I didn't even do the north coast. Didn't oh. even do the north coast 500. It was just the west coast and cut through the Highlands. I was absolutely flabbergasted, and I cannot wait to go back to have some excuse either a day or two spare to go up uh, just incredible. incredible i think we should take the truck up there oh mate yes. yeah that's amazing yeah so i 
no, I better not say it. But there's a there's a friend of mine. I can't go too far into saying too much because I don't want to. Uh, yeah, there's a friend of mine <laughs> who's a really cool car person who has just moved to a really remote property in the Outer Hebrides. Ah, oh. and I think a trip there with the truck and That'd the team. Yeah, because I mean, we'll get some car stories. And we'll surprise them. So just say you're, just say you're going, and then you'll just turn up with your band. You did, you did say pop in any time. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, no, they, no, they'd be cool with the truck arriving actually. And if look, if needs be, we can sleep in this thing. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. There's loads of room. Yeah, you, yeah. you got your jacuzzi for quirky, and everything's fine. So yeah, we know we could do that. It might be worth doing. I mean, I mean, let's be fair, right? Those those are two of my favourite things about the, the the good old United Kingdom is we do have the most wonderful, glorious landscape. You know. The, the kind of diverse scenery that we have as you go up and down the country and the weather I love the fact that the weather is constantly changing was, yeah. you know yeah just I was thinking about this morning you know at the minute today is, is wet and windy um, but still if you're in a, on a road trip in a classic car that kind of adds to the atmosphere of everything about it if it was mm. just this I mean like you know driving around south portugal or something it's hot and sunny and lovely it's nice but it just feels a bit like a holiday it feels like an adventure when you've got the little bit of the you know bad weather or you think can i get up there is my like i know if i'm driving down the motorway in my mini if it starts raining the fear and anxiety heightens because i'm like <laughs> starts misfiring and i'm like it's going damn to die. <laughs> exactly and so but for me that you know when you get there you're like yeah it's an achievement i got there and i think with the uk we have these incredible roads and scenery and the weather has this massive effect as well on it and um I, I mean, personally, I'm always a classic car or motorcycle rider, um, motorcycle rider, road trip person. I think you can still feel like that in a modern car or a convertible car. But I, I think I don't know. What about Quirky? What are you? What was your kind of favorite roads or vehicles? What would they be? I, th- I think in the context of like a weekend, I'd probably just go with somewhere where I know really well. So my my folks moved up to the Lake District mm-hmm. um, oh, I, 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 years ago now. But as a result, like you've got used to those roads and they are narrow. And I think when the weather's bad, the Lake District is probably one of the grimmest places you could possibly <laughs> be. But on a sunny day, it's also one of the most beautiful. And the nice thing, that what I like about road trips is that they always need to be punctuated with a nice coffee stop or a cake stop. Yeah. yeah. You had me a cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm back in the room. So there is an, um, there's an amazing, at the bottom of Lake Windermere, you can start at the Lakeland Motor Museum. And that place has got like um, the Bluebird. Um, so, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, Malcolm yeah. Campbell and Donald yeah, Campbell yeah. family. They had the Bluebird runs on Coniston Water. Tragically, um, uh, uh, Donald Campbell died. Uh, trying to trying to set the record attempts, but they've they've got models of all those uh, those like amazing boats in there, hydroplanes, I should say. Um, so you can start there, wind your way all the way up Lake Windermere. You can sort of stop off at Keswick, having like an amazing coffee and cake. The, the, I mean, there's just loads of places. I, I know everything seems to be centered around food with me, but I, I just <laughs> I just enjoy that. And the nice thing about knowing a road or having familiarity with it is that if you take different cars up there you start to sort of understand more nuance, nuances and, and mm, feelings yeah. about different vehicles. So you can sort of go, oh, well, this one was re- performed really well here or this one's like less impressive here. And then you start sort of building up a bit of a catalogue in your head of like what you like about cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I've definitely got nearby to me in the West Midlands, there's a, a stretch of roads that I like to go on. That I, If I'm ever given a car, be it a press car or a mate's car or a new bike or something, I'll go and drive the exact same loop because I know the road and the bumps and the corners so well that it does become 
become this barometer of excellence on how the car and how different cars work and I guess that leads on to another really good fun point is that this time of year for me is my favorite because again fellow biker like yourself Amy well, we're, we're all out except you Andy I'm not we're going to convert you we will convert <laughs> you but the, the luxury of being able to finish a day's work come home from the office and still have a good four or five hours of sunlight to jump on the bike and go and do some of the most amazing roads that in itself is a micro road trip yep. and you can still stop for a coffee and a cake somewhere if you want to you can't eat cake whilst riding a bike though don't you know, try. You know, I mean, in, in theory, getting through the helmet visor. <laughs> there's, there's too many barriers to entry. You know. Tried it once. You won't try it again. <laughs> I now have a vision of you, beshorted, leather jacket, helmet on, visor down, ramming cake against the visor, not understanding why it's not getting in. It could be like a horse feeder. If you put the cake in and then close the visor, you might be able to just nibble as you're as you're riding along. I'm going to test that. I mean, in a, in a perverse way, you know, they, they, they often talk about the flavour saver, you know, the part of uh, just underneath a man's lips when he, when he grows a long enough bit of beard. The fluffy you know, little beard So bit, that yeah. you can just... You can, oh, no. So actually, you could, you could have that going on inside the helmet. I bet that sounds absolutely awful on the microphone. <laughs> That's why I only did it once, because even I was repulsed by it. No one's going to be rewinding that bit of audio. Oh, there's a, there's a ringtone I could use. Oh, I've got a text. <laughs> what is it? It's Andy J demonstrating flavour saver. <laughs> um, guys, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun to finish the pod because we've, we've had a good old giggle today. Um, and so I, I sent the lads and the lasses a, uh, a photo that got sent to me earlier in the week um, from a friend of mine that, that, that simply says, the keys are in the ignition, you can only take one, which one do you take? And it is one, two, three, four, five, ten cars that are all famous movie vehicles or, or TV shows. So they range from Mad Max to the A-Team to Back to the Future, Dukes of Hazard. In fact, I'll just tell you what they all are because, you know, there's I ten of them, right? It's easier, isn't it? Dukes of Hazard, Back to the Future, Knight Rider, Starsky and Hutch, James Bond, Mad Max, Ghostbusters, The A-Team, Miami Vice, you might not have heard of that, Amy, and Magnum, also another one you may not be well, aware of. Well, that's the problem. I think when you sent this this uh, picture to us all, I didn't know what most of them were because I think most of the films were kind of like pre-1990 and I didn't get to Cars until about eight years ago. So, right. uh, all sorry. of these are pre-1990. Okay, okay, uh, what about Mad Max? Mad Max is Mad Max. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, James Bond. New Mad Max isn't. Yeah. So here is the question, and uh, and maybe John, you could do a version of this on our on our on our Instagram feed or something, so that they know they know what the photo is. But but like maybe your own version rather yeah. than kind of one that's been sent to me, which might be <laughs> copywritten by somebody. Um, so there is the question: the keys are in the ignition. You can take one. Which do you take? Now I would suggest that we answer this with two cars. The first Ooh, one is if good. the cars have their movie powers. So Amy, Back to the Future is a car that can go back in time or forward in time. Well, I heard um, a really interesting fact that you'd have to have a car that could uh, go back to the future and through space as well as time because you go in and end up in a different space. So I think that's actually a little bit flawed in comparison. So uh, I don't know if I could trust it, to be honest. I mean, also, I have <laughs> been in on shoot with the DeLorean um, and the owner was like, I love this car, but it's a shocker if it ever starts. So um, I don't know if I could ever quite trust it, even if it was the, uh, the film version. I mean, I was just trying to give you some of the powers. And I, like <laughs> a, a quick overview of the powers, right? So we know what the Back to the Future car does, the DeLorean. Uh, Night Rider can talk, can drive itself, 
Uh, I can't remember if it does anything else. But that could it's, be it's handy kit. if you're a bit tired. Could be could be useful. Um, James Bond, as you know, can can probably go in the sea. Has guns. Eject to seat. Has an eject to seat. Exactly. Goodness. Mad Max very well tooled out with weapons. Ghostbusters can catch ghosts. <laughs> uh, so you not, know, not a huge demand for that. There's, there's that. And the A Team van. Well, you know, it houses B A Barackers and yeah. Face. So uh, you know, that's pretty cool. That, that I think it's about the only special powers. I don't think the Dukes of Hazard car it can do amazing jumps. Starsky and Hutch, ditto, quick. Magnum, Miami Vice, they're just quick. But well, I don't Miami Vice allowed you to wear pastel-coloured suits very oh, convincingly. Cool. I, know yeah. what, I know what you're choosing then. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the question to you to you all. What do you take with its powers? What do you take with no powers? Uh, we'll start with Mr. Markar. Okay, well, I... So I'm looking at the Miami Vice 512TR in white because it's the most 1980s thing ever. I love... Testarossa shape cars. I just it, it it's just beautiful. So I'm having that. It doesn't have any special powers, but it doesn't need any because, as Quirk just said, I can wear a white suit and ha- and grow a moustache and be fine. Maybe get a flavour saver as well, John. I don't. Oh, I'm a bit. I'm not brave enough for one of those. <laughs> um, and if we're going for a car with powers, it's got to be the DB5 Bond car. I mean, it's got missiles that launch out of the indicators and and an ejector seat for the passenger specifically for the passenger which is just the best idea ever <laughs> all right amy you obviously aren't aware of any of these cars but we've given you a little overview <laughs> well so that's why i kind of thought about it and i thought you know what my first one would be the 18 van because i could get a motorbike in the back or change oh, it into the yes, nice camping nice um choice. and otherwise the starskin hutch uh for gran torino because i watched the film oh. gran torino with uh clint eastwood and fell in love with that car ever since and then i was like huh they're the same car i love that so <laughs> that's my logic. What Amy is proving as the podcasts go on is that she has more class and taste than the three of us put together. I hey, think. hey, 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 I said sure. moustache and white suit. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, Mr. Quirk, a chance to stake your claim. Uh, for a, I would a like to select the Tangerine Dream that is the 1970 Dodge Charger from the Dukes of Hazard because I want to drive anywhere and have a spectacular jump to, <laughs> as my finale. The entrance and exit, to be fair. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and also how they get in the car. They go in through the windows, don't they? Oh, they yeah, they yeah. never open the doors to the jump slide across the, the bonnet. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Everyone's dream. And then I'm, I'm going to have to be boring. I've got to go with the DB5 Aston Martin if it was just, you know, That's classic. a Good nice choice. classic car to croon around on. That be... has missiles. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is Son's missiles. <laughs> no ejector seat. I'll, I'll just take it as is. That's great. Brilliant. Um, guys, thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun chatting today. I really hope, um, most of all, thank you to the listener. I really hope that you have enjoyed. I say listener, I think there is one of you out there and we really, Hi, we Mom. really appreciate you. Yeah, hello, Amy's <laughs> mum. It's lovely to have you on board. You can get in touch with us in a number of different ways. I would, propose that the easiest and, and best way to see everything we're doing is via drivenchat.com but um, Mr Marco would you like to fill in the blanks? Absolutely so do come and find us on social media as well we are on all platforms at Driven Chat, Instagram, Twitter and we have our own Facebook page and YouTube channel as well so do go and check those out and please tell us you're listening and this week I'd like you to send a tweet to Andy J to say hi Andy I'm listening Oh but I'm never on Twitter man I only get horrible things said on Twitter. Well no you're now you're going to have lots of nice things. There'll be like one <laughs> All right. Um, guys, we'll be back same time, same place. You can download us wherever you get your podcasts. Spread the word. Um, I hate to be this guy, but I'm, I'm led to believe that it makes us um, more visible on the various pod platforms if people give us uh, reviews and star ratings and That's things. That's right. So if you'd be kind enough, even if you know, you've only listened once, just to chuck an, an, you know, something more than one star, ideally. Maybe five. Start with five. See how you get on. 
put some nice words in and please tell your friends there you go there you go thank you for your company we'll be back next week the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital you dream it we bring it to life find out more at drivenchat.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end and it's john markar here again reminding you that this podcast the driven chat podcast has now run its course and has come to an end to find the new format search the driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps thanks bye <laughs>